live from Fort Bragg's backyard. This is the show that put the 110 Nation on the map. There is only one nation, the 110 Nation. And you're listening to the 110 Nation Sports Show. Covering each and every sport across the board. There is no sport too large or too little. It's time to talk the talk. Here we go. Here's the man, the founder, and your host, Mr. CJ Sports. to the 110 Nation Sports Show. I am your host, Mr. CJ Sports. You can follow me at Mr. CJ Sports. You can follow the 110 Nation at 110 Nation. Check us out on Facebook, my personal fan page, Mr. CJ Sports. The 110 Nation fan page, 110, the 110 Nation Sports. Also, check out the site, www.the110nationsports.com for all the latest going on here. Uh, hold on. <laughs> what is going on here? I just saw something in there though um but anyway let's jump into uh jump into we gotta jump into <laughs> almost said the ravens are the best anyway uh we got Izzo joining us at 8 30 going to get us caught up on the latest in the nhl as now we watch the nhl approach the offseason. well I'm not going to say approach the offseason. We're going to see how they're going to tackle this offseason. Season ended. we got less than two months. Next season, reload and go. So uh, this is going to be an interesting and fun offseason for um, the NHL. Uh, we're going to have uh, Izzo in here to uh, talk about that, what has gone on since last Monday night, and then, of course, the crowning of a new champion. Because uh, we knew that there would be a champion for Monday night. We just didn't know how long and who it was going to be necessarily. Uh, so we got Izzo joining us later on to talk about that. Looking forward to uh, having him in the studio. I um, want to make sure that I thank uh, Carolina Sports Plus and more to music. Without these great marketing partners, we wouldn't be able to do what we do or grow the way we grow. So you go to our site, www.thewestendnationsports.com. Um, on the front page, you go to the bottom. Click on their banners, or if you uh, go to the articles, click on the right-hand side, or go to the right-hand side, their banners on the right-hand side. Carolina Sports Plus, take care of all your sporting merchandise needs. Uh, click on the banner, takes you to their fan page on Facebook. Uh, just let Mario know what you're looking for. He has got everything. He can get you everything. He can get you a hell of a deal. Um, just let him know the 110 Nation sent you. Also, uh, you need a DJ getting married. Uh, got a party, ceremony, graduation, whatever the case may be, coming up. All you do is click on the banner, book your DJ a day, or you can go to more, the number two, music.com, and uh, just let him know the 110 Nation sent you, and he'll take care of you. Uh, we got tomorrow night, we got 8 o'clock, we got uh, Take It Back Tuesday, as I sit in the studio and uh, work on some stuff and uh, play an oldie book goodie. 
Still looking forward to see what uh, show we pull out the archives, out of the archives. And, of course, Thursday night, race chatting live as the guys get you caught up on all the latest and the craziness out of Talladega for NASCAR. Um, as we uh, get ready to approach, or we are approaching the next round. Um, so looking forward to that as well. Um, where's the football yesterday? Uh, we got a game that's got pushed back. The Pittsburgh uh, Titans game. Uh, we had some positive tests. Obviously, somebody's not, even, not following protocol, as there were multiple players that uh, our tests had tested positive. I think on the Titans. I don't know if any of the Steelers. So, uh, obviously, uh, some uh, one of these teams decided not to play uh, by the rules and uh, have had some uh, positive tests. I'll tell you what, uh, we just came back from Gatlinburg, uh, Gatlinburg, Tennessee. And um, I learned this weekend maybe not to complain so much about my SRS governor because I got to experience what it's like to be in Kentucky with this quote-unquote pandemic going on. You know, I I honestly thought that once the CDC, the same place that these idiots and their agenda and these 200 to 210,000 people have died had COVID, I understand. It's all about how you guys word it because the same CDC, the same place you get those same numbers from, also lets you know that only 6% of that less than 1%. So next to to nobody out of pretty much nobody has actually just died from COVID. That 6% takes you down to 10 to 12%. Which every life matters, don't don't take that as, oh, it was just not saying that. I'm also tired of these people pushing their agenda and wanting to blame Trump for everything. And feel, it feels that we need to lock down the economy like Biden. And once he becomes president, it's going to shut this all back down and just really destroy everybody. Um, they, 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 they base all this off this, this false narrative that there's been 200,000 plus people die from COVID. And I, I don't know if these people are just that stupid or that naive or just pushing that agenda that hard, you do realize we all know the difference between dying with COVID and dying from COVID. They're they're, they're completely different. I I could have no symptoms and, and no other issues in my life and get COVID and die strictly from COVID. I could commit suicide tomorrow but had had COVID just because you have it doesn't mean you die from it. There, there's a difference. And, and the CDC has made sure to point that out and, and make sure that the numbers were more true and, and factual. And you you have these bumbling idiots that just have nothing else better to do and Facebook warriors and Karens and Kyles and idiots and stupidity. I got a chance to go through Kentucky, and it's one of those states that I thought was more conservative, but obviously not. I don't know what point they flipped because we decided to stop one. It's like mandatory everywhere to have masks. Like it's beyond ridiculous, but the social distancing, we decided we was going to stop at uh, Frisch's big boy. Hadn't had that in a while. Thought we were going to stop on the way back from Gatlinburg. You know, the next person in line, there's maybe like what, 10, 12 people in this whole restaurant and 
one, I didn't appreciate the fact that the manager being someone that has run many locations of wherever I've worked would have done myself and, and had, you know, the, the, the fact that that's my title, decided to punk out and send her employee up to inform everybody else staying in line that they have met capacity. Um, but, yeah, like 12 people in the whole damn restaurant and you're at max capacity and can't have nobody else. And we go over to the pin station, never had that at all before in my life. And they only allowed 10 people in there. Luckily, there's only two people in there when we got there, so we had an opportunity to sit and eat. But kind of learned that uh, as stupid and power-hungry as Mike DeWine is here in Ohio, there still are states that their governors are just above and beyond everybody else. But I did get to on the way home. I got that opportunity to, well, actually, before the way home, I think we made it almost to halftime before we actually got on the road. Um, my Cleveland Browns and those Dallas Cowboys. And I had to make sure I kept up with the score, and I, I, I Ms. Brandy's sister is a diehard Cowboys fan. No, no, needless to say, not real. She was trying to unfriend me and bury me in the backyard. I wasn't going to make it till Halloween and all this other jazzy stuff. Um, like I told Miss Brandy, it's a great time to be a, a Browns fan. But you, you got your takes from this game that I, I've had an opportunity to catch a show or to show today. I, I was wise on this this long weekend of uh, Gatlinburg to I take Monday off. I, I was the only one that uh, kept myself off. Everybody else had to go back to work today. So I got an opportunity to uh, get in the gym today, um, finishing uh, cleaning the, the sheets and bed, uh, comforter in the bed. Um, got to do the laundry. Got to take care of some stuff. Gym, you know, all 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 the and then I guess it's like took a nap, the show and everything. Um. One, Browns fans. Let's let's not get too excited here. We managed to beat a Bengals team that, until this weekend, they hadn't even won a game all year. In four weeks, they have one win. So you, you can you can try to put all the weight into that that you want that. And that you let's let's not let's 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 be a little more realistic about um, what happened in, in week two and in, in, in the victory, and let's let's take that win. Um, let's take that win as as what it was uh, uh, a win against one of the worst teams and the NFL, and I disproved Colin Cowherd and the gibberish he came out of his came out of his mouth as he spent pretty much a whole half of a show or segment of a show or whatever trying to pump up and hype up a a um, rookie J- uh, Joe Burrow way more than. Well, I want to talk about all 
on all this gibberish a comparison to, to Baker Mayfield. We rolled into week three, 84-game streak of not having an above 500 record, and we beat a Washington football team. All right, let's not put a lot of weight into that. I mean, this Washington, that's one of the the most dysfunctional organizations. How they they they've had the whole name Redskin controversy go on for God a decade at this point at least, and finally decided we're going to not call ourselves the Redskins no more. And you had many years to already have in play what what the alternative name was going to be, and you couldn't even come up with a name. Then you find out that there's sex, drugs, and a whole bunch of stuff going on in the front office, and and it's it, just a hot mess in Washington. Here, we were on week four, and we played the Dallas Cowboys. Team that a lot of people, I don't know why, a lot of team picked to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> a team that is one onside kick away from being 0-3 going into this week. I mean, that that's what was was called what it is. If Atlanta went ahead, one of the biggest meltdowns in NFL history, and wouldn't allow that onside kick that still blows my mind that nobody from Atlanta touched that ball and just let it go. Dallas would have went into this week 0-3. Instead, they went into this week one and two, five and a half game, five and a half point favorite. Against a two and one Cleveland team that okay, we we spit the resume. We 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 talked about the, the the only loss was a bad loss against Baltimore and you know, that was kinda of to be expected. A lot of things had to be adjusted and new coach, new office of coordinator, it is what it is. We 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 took the L. Then here we roll into week four against what should be a no three, but it's a one and two Dallas Cowboy team. And we beat the brakes off of them. Well, it wasn't that good. It was only the Cleveland was up by four touchdowns and only won by 11. I understand. When you're up by four touchdowns going to the fourth, defense loosens up. Defense, defense just doesn't let the long, deep pass happen. They let those little intermediate passes, those short passes, which racked up and racked up and racked up. And next thing you know, the Cowboys had scored three touchdowns and got the game close. Then once again, Dak Prescott threw another interception, and then we watched um, the, the game end after the Cleveland had got the ball and, and did a, a, a run around with Odell Beckham took it 50 yards to the count. Then, depending on what show you watched, well, Dak Prescott, he's having an excellent year. He threw for 500 yards, threw for all these touchdowns. So we're not going to focus on the fact that he fumbled the ball, which gave Cleveland one of their touchdowns. He, if the defense could have caught the ball instead of dropped him, Cleveland would have had three more interceptions. They just dropped passes that were thrown straight to the defender. And then to seal the deal on the final drive that Dallas had the ball and Cleveland picked it off. So what ended up being a touchdown and a fumble, which really should have been about four interceptions in a fumble, 
you got a bunch of garbage yards. You got a couple hundred of your 500 garbage yards, um, if not 300 yards, garbage yards in the fourth when you're down by four touchdowns and Cleveland's defense loosened up. Not so bright. That's exactly what was going on without even watching the game. While we were on the road, as I, I seen the Dallas Cowboys go down the field, then down the field. Cleveland's defense. I hate when I hate when any defense does that. Why take your foot off the throat? I can understand offensively, you start taking out some of your key players, especially when you have a backed up, a good court backup. Like it would have been fine for me if you would have took out Baker Mayfield and put Kate Kim. You have a good backup quarterback. Get him some time. Get him, get him an opportunity. Um, it'd have been fine to take out Kareem Hunt. Nick Chubb was already out with an injury. Um, he was questionable. It's got to do with his ankle. Still waiting for an update. Um, that wouldn't have bothered me. When your defense takes the foot off the throat and allows the team to crawl back into a game, I'm not a fan of that. Um, I want to let Capitol land many times. You lit up in the second half, and, and that's what Cleveland did in the fourth. But to all those that Dak Prescott's doing all this, and it's not Dak, Dak Prescott's fault, and Dak Prescott's this, when you go to run in your mouth, make sure you remember the fact that he's had an interception. He fumbled the football. Most of his, if not half of his yards, were garbage yards when Cleveland's defense was loosened up. And there really should have been three or four more interceptions The Cleveland defenders when they dropped balls that were hitting them straight in the hands. And would we still be having that conversation? Now, I will give Dak Prescott this much credit. Dallas defense sucks. Dallas defense is the worst defense in the entire NFL. Like, they, there's no if, ands, buts about it. They don't get no worse than the Dallas defense. I'll give Dak Prescott that. You have a quarterback that is in his contract year that's having really an average season because the same thing happened in the Atlantic game. Those A lot of those yards, touchdowns, were garbage. They, they, they were a defense that felt we were up by three touchdowns, three-plus touchdowns, what, 24 points. We're going to we're going to ease up. And they got back in the game. An outside kick, and they win the game. Same thing happened Cleveland game. Up oh, by 27 points, we're gonna we're gonna chill. We're gonna chillax. Five of those yards, three of those touchdowns, all garbage time. I mean, I know it counts. Both those defenses would have kept their 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 feet on the, their necks. None. Of, we wouldn't even have this conversation about Dak's yards and his, his touchdowns and his completion percentage because there it would reflect how he performed, performed in the first half or the first three quarters of these games versus having a, a three to four quarters of garbage time that that padded to the numbers. Cleveland, don't, the fans, don't get, don't get too wrapped up in this. We're still nothing more than if we're lucky a wild card thing. That's, that's really it. And honestly, we make it, we're one and done. Our defense is not – our defense is not really not – we're more of a – we're going to outscore you. I, I had this conversation, another one of the conversations I had this weekend. I hate 
I hate I hate when you have teams that defense sucks and you're you're counting on them to outscore the other team. Offenses win games, defenses win championships. You can't outscore everybody. One of those days the calls are not going to go your way. Quarterback just simply not going to have a good day. Your passing game is going to be shut down, whatever the case may be. Your defense has got to be able to stop somebody. I'd have felt better if we would have got those four interceptions. Defenses, you 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 can't make it with your D, your offense has got to score. We've had three straight games of thirty plus points. That's the first time I think they said since before Jim Brown. These games should not have been this close. We're putting up. It's it, it's it's funny because I, I talked about this. I I can remember once upon a time we had one of the best defenses and we were top five. We were only allowing teams score nine points, six points, or nine points, twelve points, fifteen points, hardly anything at all. Unfortunately, at those time frames, our offense was horrible. Even though our defense only allowed nine points, we were only scoring six points. Even though the defense only allowed twelve points, we were only scoring nine points. Now we finally have an offense that can put up points, but we don't have the defense that's going to stop everybody. And it sucks. It sucks we couldn't get a time where we could have a defense that is good and solid that's going to stop the the opponent and then an offense that's just going to line the scoreboard. Oh, Lord. Three and one. I couldn't say the last time I remember the Cleveland Browns being three and one. I think they said 2001 the last time. We've gone three and one. Lord have mercy. Um, the insanity. Detroit. <laughs> they once again blew another lead. At some point, you kind of feel bad for her. Detroit, like you, you start to you start to feel bad. You start to wonder what. <laughs> right now, the Chiefs are up only six to three. No Cam Newton, and this Kansas City zero touchdowns in the first half for a second time in as, with Mahomes as starter. So is that three years now? First time in three years, or second time in three years? Did they not be able to score a touchdown in the first half? Only six to three. Who would have thought? I mean, it is still a Bill Belichick system. Um, nine o'clock tonight. We got the, the Falcons and the Packers playing. So that would be an interesting game as well. Um, other games that happened, Denver got them a win, got that one right over the New York Jets, 37-28. Oh, and four starts, second straight season um, for for the New York Jets. Uh, Panthers kind of surprised me with a 31-21 win over Cardinals. I guess uh, I kind of went a little bit too much all in on Kyle, Kyle Murray. Um, I think reality is starting to sink in and uh, – yeah, um, the Bears and Colts. Colts uh, will win 19 to 11, giving the Bears their first loss. Allowed 28 rush yards, fewest in games since 2009. 
Uh, it's going to be interesting. The Colts are only allowed like something like 70 yards rushing and 150 yards passing. One of the, uh, well, actually, the stingiest defense in the NFL right now. And that's who Cleveland goes up against at home next weekend. So this will be interesting. One, hopefully, Nick Chubb is back. Um, but uh, with the Chubb cream or just even the cream um, coming out the backfield, it's going to be interesting if we can rack up more than um, rack up more than uh, 75 yards against this uh, this Colts defense. I, I think this is a little bit more of a product of who they've played. So I'm not going to uh, get too wrapped up into um, the stats of the. Uh, um, what was that? How many yards we rushed uh, of the Indianapolis Colts? Because a lot of those got to do a product. And, and, and I know I'm, I'm expecting to, to hear Colin Cowherd because once again, Mayfield only threw for 165 yards, even though we put up 49 points. We only managed um, 165 yards from Baker Mayfield and 202 yards because Lane Jarvis Jarvis Landry threw that 37 uh, yard. Beautiful pass to Odell Beckham to start the game out. Um, running game, we're, we're going to see how this turns out for the, the Cleveland Browns um, as they they put up a lot of rushing yards. As uh, I want to say, it was in the 300 ballpark. You got 95 from Ernest Dernis Johnson. Odell had 73 yards rushing. Cream Hunt 71. Shovel 43. Before he got injured, that's already 290 ish yards. So yeah, 300 yards for the, the Cleveland Browns who rely heavily on that running, um, that running game. And so it's going to be uh, very interesting to see um, what this, this Indianapolis Colt defense can do and if they can maintain and, and really shut down um, the best running back duo in the uh, NFL. So uh, we'll, we'll definitely uh, have to keep our eye on that. Um, Cleveland or Cincinnati did finally get them a win over Jacksonville. Thank you a lot. Thanks a lot, Jacksonville. Way to ruin a perfect season for us in here in Ohio. Uh, there was nothing better than to give us, uh, uh, us true NFL fans, uh, 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 Owen, whatever season for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, like I said, Detroit collapsed and Saints ended up winning 35 29, Minnesota over Texans, which Bill O'Brien has found his pink slip. So now Houston is looking for a GM, a head coach, and you shouldn't have gave Deshaun Johnson that ridiculously stupid contract, second biggest contract in the NFL currently. Um, you, you, you pull out Patrick Mahomes' uh, 10-year contract and um, currently normal-sized contract. Um, Sean Watson has the biggest contract. You are highly, obviously, over for overpaying um, Deshaun Watson. Um, Seattle continues uh, their winning ways uh, to an undefeated season, 31-23 over the Miami Dolphins. The Buccaneers, Tom Brady threw five. That's kind of one, two, three, four, five touchdowns. Tampa Bay Buccaneers have gone to three and one and won uh, 38-31 over the uh, uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Um, Ravens 3117. That's that's what I was laughing about. I saw a tweet, a text, a post. It was a post. 
Um, I was someone saying this is why, once again, the, the Ravens uh, show me they're the best team because you beat the, the Washington football team. You didn't beat them by no more than the Cleveland Browns, and I discredited that win for the Cleveland Browns because it's the Washington football team. I, I, I like when – and I discredited the three – really the three wins we even had. It was great to be three and one. That's why I said Cleveland Browns fans, you need to slow your roll. I mean, we, we just beat the Bengals, the, the Washington football team, and the Dallas Cowboys, who are an outside kick away for being no for you. You still give them that win. We're at 3-12-1 and and one or whatever the combined record of the people we beat. Um, Ravens, don't get too excited. Um, you, you got over on the Browns in week one. You couldn't handle the Chiefs, and the Chiefs manhandled you. Um, you're you're, you're Credibility and the wins are not much better than the Browns. Uh, Baltimore fans, you need to kind of pump the brakes as well. Um, the Rams continued their winning ways, uh, going uh, winning 17 and nine over the winless Giants, uh, taking themselves to three and one Giants from going four. Baltimore surprising everybody with their win over the Raiders. Well, not so much the win over the Raiders, but the fact that they're four and zero and playing to the level that they're playing. As uh, Buffalo went 30 to 23 over now the two and two Las Vegas Raiders, and then the 49ers collapsed and watched a Eagle team that I can't believe how many people were still sold and, and hype and Carson Wentz who was complete garbage. But anyway, can't even stay healthy. But anyways, um, the, the 49ers 20 uh, lose to the Eagles 25-20. And like I said, the uh, the Titans and the Steelers with COVID issues decided they uh, were going to take their undefeated season um, and, and postpone this game. I think they play like week nine now at this point versus playing this week. Titans will take their undefeated season against Buffalo next week. That will be an interesting matchup against the 4-0 Steelers. And then the picks or the 4-0 uh, Buffalo Bills, I'm sorry. And then the Steelers 3-0 go against the sorry Philadelphia Eagles which uh, will help the Steelers still maintain first place with the the Ravens and the uh, Baltimore or the, the Cleveland Browns right there behind with one loss. Uh, like I said, we got uh, Izzo joining us in the studio. Uh, we got a lot of things to jump into tonight. Uh, we have a champion. Of course, we're going to uh, wrap up the season with that and talk uh, uh, about who won, how they won, and uh, where they go from now. And then also, like I said at the beginning of the show, we, we have the off season. The off season that is less than two months long, and a lot's going to happen in a short amount of time. It's probably going to be one of the, if not the most off, interesting off seasons, not only in NHL, but probably in any sport, how quickly they're going to flip this and get it restarted and everything that's got to happen before December 1st in order this to happen. So very excited um, to, to not only have Izzo one, but be able to witness how the NHL handles this and does this without any further delay, though. Let's get Izzo in the studio. Izzo, how are you doing tonight? Uh, you well, might have pressed the wrong button. This is not Izzo. I'm sorry. I hit the wrong one. Um, Izzo. How you doing hey, tonight? how we doing tonight, Jay? I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> hey, that's good, man. Well, hey, we're uh, we're after the season now. Uh, obviously, we have our Stanley Cup winner in the uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, which uh, 
you know, which was uh, pretty entertaining, um, you know, uh, in my book, really. Um, incredible feat. These guys pulled it off in six games. And uh, Victor Hedman wins the Conn Smythe Trophy. We will get into that, too, as well. Uh, but, you know, just kind of kicking back, uh, kind of enjoying some um, um, some football and just kind of listening. You can you can hear the people, like, crying and, 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 and joy right now that Bill O'Brien has been fired this evening, Jay. <laughs> so um, when this news kind of broke at, like, four, just before 4 o'clock, uh, I was at the bank, and, you know, you could hear the ESPN, uh, the Josh Ennis show down here. Um, you could just hear him screaming, uh, you know, on the radio and everything. And the lady, uh, the, the bank teller said, hey, well, well, what's going on? And I said, they, they fired Bill O'Brien and they, uh, everybody in the bank um, started jumping up and down and throwing their fists up in joy. So um, it was a pretty entertaining afternoon on the way home. But, uh, you know, other than that, just kind of taking in some uh, some other sports right now. So uh, uh, we got the uh, – we got – at the uh, Stanley Cup champ in Tampa Bay Lightning. So, second in their franchise. But um, but that's what we had going on last week. Uh, you know, without any further ado, Jay, we could jump right into it this evening. Hey, well, that's funny. To, to hear the people at the bank even excited. I don't know that I've ever been in a town that, like, I can go in the bank now. And I was going to say the difference. I have two, so we have two teams, but you guys got most of the teams as well. Um, I don't know if I any state, even back in North Carolina or here, that I would have talked about a coach being fired and the people in the bank even blinking eye, bat an eye, or, or even even really pretty much know what I'm even talking about. So that's kind of funny to me. Um, we got a champion. Um, game six. Let's let's break that down. Uh, what what went right for the champions? What went wrong um, for the, the the losing team? And um, what really impressed you um, throughout the game that, that got us where we're at and crowned the champion? Well, obviously, Tampa Bay, um, you know, took game six, a 2 nothing uh, shutout, I do believe it was. So, Andre Vasilevsky um, recorded a shutout in that game. Uh, you know, it just, it just injuries kind of killed Dallas this year. Um, you know, the penalty kill was really exposed in this uh, final uh, where Tampa Bay is just lethal in that power play, Jay, and they just kind of made Dallas pay uh, each time they took a penalty. And, you know, when you're busy uh, killing off penalties, you know, in your own zone, you can't really play offensive hockey, can't really get anything started, you're not going to be able to score goals. And I think that was Dallas's kind of downfall were the penalties and the injuries to the guys that, um, that are other penalty killers. So, you know, they were missing, I think, um, their bottom four defensemen due to injuries. So that's why we saw a lot of rookies come in for Dallas. And they performed very, very well. So, um, you know, unfortunate. But, you know, uh, this Dallas team is still very, very young. Uh, a lot of guys are still under contract. Their core guys are still under contract. Um, so we're going to see what's going to happen here once, you know, the draft is over here. Um when the draft is over and free agency begins. So um, Tampa Bay, they skated really well. Um, the, the, the stamina that these guys had. Some of these guys have been in the league for, for, for some good time now. So um, the stamina and the poise that they showed, you know, being down, coming back, playing all the overtimes, 
this team was extremely resilient and just did not have an ounce of quit. Um, and I think they they really kind of outperformed everybody's expectation. Um, John Cooper, head coach of the Tampa Bay Lightning, was under a lot of pressure this year um, and was really, um, I, I think, if not for that for for that cup win, um, you know, he could have been he could have been another coach that we could have seen gotten. Uh, gotten the axe too. So, um, you know, props to what Tampa Bay did, staying aggressive, staying with that fast pace that they like to play, and just really making the Dallas Stars, you know, really pay on their uh, power play opportunities. And, you know, on, on Dallas's side, it's unfortunate that the injuries kind of hit you, but, you know, no one really expected Dallas to uh, to make a big splash um, I did have Dallas making it to the Western Conference Finals in my preseason pick. I didn't think they were going to make it to the Cup Final um, with the team that they had this year. So, you know, despite the the uh, the, uh, the coaching change earlier in the year, um, Bonus did a great job um, getting Dallas where they need to be. And you know, if they can keep this kind of uh, you know keep this uh, this kind of uh, chemistry going, this is going to be a dangerous team in the next you know maybe one to two years. So. Um, again, congratulations to Lightning. Congratulations to uh, John Cooper and everybody, um, you know, in Tampa Bay. So, um, you know, it's just an all-around uh, good final series to watch, Jay. Like I said, we got a lot of a lot of things got to happen between now and December first. The NHL is, is hoping and shooting to have uh, the next season started uh, December first or around that time frame. That means a lot of things. That, that means trades, uh, draft, tra- uh, uh, free agency, um, training camps, um, rosters got to be set, preseason. There's a lot of things that got to happen in the next two months. And a lot of things, as we discussed in the last show, started has already started. The dominoes have already started to fall, and, and cards have already started to lay where they're going to lay. And this week did not let us down at all as well. Uh, we'll start with last Friday. Um, as we had, um, or no, I'm sorry, not last Wednesday, as another player was bought out um, by a team, was jumping to the Rangers, buying out um, a, a contract after 15 um, seasons. Um, was was get, was jumping to that one first? Yeah, it's uh, New York Rangers. Um, Hendrick Lundqvist had his final uh, year uh, bought out um, after 15 seasons. Was uh, drafted. Uh, by the uh, by, the Rangers and played his entire career there. So, like like you said, 15 year run in New York, a definite future Hall of Famer. He's 38 years old this year. Uh, uh, this year, um, carried an 8.5 million cap hit on a seven year contract that he signed back in 2013, if I do remember correctly, um, and was only owed about 5.5 million in total salary for the 20 uh, for the 2020-2021 season. So. They're going to have that kind of breaking uh, broken down a little bit, uh, according to Cap Friendly. Um, you know, Lundqvist will count against uh, will count for about 5.5 million in this 20 uh, 2020-2021 season, and 1.5 in the 21-22 season. So this kind of works out a little bit, um, especially with the uh, the emergence of Alex Gorgiev and Igor Shashesterkin. Two young, great goaltenders, um, two Eastern European goaltenders. Um, I think the, the torch is going to be in, in good hands with these two guys. Um, and for Lundqvist, who knows now? 
um, what you're going to do. Are you going to, you know, uh, be looking for a number one job? Are you going to be chasing a Stanley Cup? So we got some uh, some questions, you know, kind of answer uh, need that need to be answered here. Um, so you know, free agency I do believe is going to start on October 9th. Uh, after the draft and everything. So, um, you know, under his uh, reign and net, uh, he made the playoffs 11 out of his 15 seasons, uh, reaching the Eastern Conference Finals three times, losing uh, the Stanley and making the Stanley Cup one time, losing that only appearance in 2014 against the Kings. Um, he did win the Vesna Trophy uh, in 2012 as the best goaltender in the league and was a finalist two other times. So, um, you know, I, I do believe that uh, a lot of people are going to be sad uh, to see uh, see the king go, uh, King Henry, as he's known by, as he goes by uh, in New York up in uh, uh, up in Broadway. So, um, you know, uh, it, it's a sad day, um, definitely. But you know, when you have younger and uh, you, when you have younger options that you know seem to be able to hold up and, and fill some shoes. You know, it's time to, uh, to to move on and look towards the future. And I think um, this is kind of like a, a sad, but, you know, something that that, that had to be done. Um, they're definitely in the retooling process. Um, we already know that they made a move to, to, to trade Mark Stahl earlier. Talked about that a, a week or two ago. So, um, you know, with the emergence of uh, Shesterkin, Excuse me, and Gorgiev, CJ. I even have problems with these guys' names sometimes too. So don't feel don't feel too bad. But uh, with the emergence of these two young goaltenders, um, you know it's a move had to be made, um, and it's just time to move on from the old guard and, and install the new guard, Jay. Then we rolled in the weekend with some more news, or at least rumors, as there was a possibility that the Jets would uh, be willing to trade one of their own. Um, Lane, let's let's jump into that. Um, is his value worth them trading? Um, is this somebody you feel that's going to be traded? And where where would it be a good? Who would be a good team? Who who do they need? To, what do they need? And where um, um, what's the best fit for them as well? Well. Patrick Laine, we all know, who was drafted by the Jets a couple seasons ago. Um, you know, along with some, with the uh, I think it would be Austin Matthews, uh, uh, Connor McDavid. You know, in, in that kind of age group, there he's only 22. Um, you know, he, he scored 63 points this season, 28 goals, 35 assists in 68 games. Um, and injured his hand in Game One of the the the, the, the play-in tournament uh, in the first game, if I remember correctly. So. Um, Line is a is a, a dangerous winger. Um, I do like his, his he, I, I do like his offensive prowess. He can find the net. He can put the puck in the net, and he does have uh, a tremendous shot. Um, somewhat almost comparable to what Ovechkin does. Uh, maybe not quite on Ovechkin's um, you know level quite yet. So um, he was selected number two overall in the 2016 pick. Um, he has one season left on a two-year, $13.5 million contract. So he's looking at 6.75, um, you know, uh, for, for, for a season. So for a guy like Line, uh, who pretty much hasn't really come close to hitting his peak yet, um, could really help out some, some of the teams that, um, you know, that, that are looking for some, some power scoring, some offensive firepower, some superstar 
you know, kind of help. And one team that really kind of makes sense to me that has the cap space that, you know, if they have something to, um, you know, to, to offer would be your Columbus Blue Jackets, Jay. I think under Tortorella, Line A could be utilized in a manner where he's going to, you know, attract a lot of that attention and kind of help take some of that, that you know, that scoring problem off. You know, he, if he can put up 68 points, if, you know, a season right now, um, you know, uh, through 64, 68 games, whatever it was, you know, he could, you know, with an 82-game season and, and, a, and a new change of scenery, could really benefit a guy like that. So uh, a definite, you know, 30 to 40-goal scorer um, could possibly even be a 50-goal scorer too. Um, I just think with the way that Winnipeg has kind of tooled their um, tooled their, their roster and everything, um, you still have Mark Shifley, Cody Eakin, and Nikolai Ehlers um, that are on that team, including, uh, you know, uh, you know, with Tyler Myers and Jacob Trouba and Ben Chariot all kind of leaving, this team has been slowly kind of being retooled, not necessarily a rebuild, but just kind of retooled here and there. So it's definitely a different approach. And frankly, I find this kind of shocking, especially at number, a number two overall pick who hasn't even been in the league, you know, five seasons yet, four years yet. So, um, you know, still a huge – that ceiling is still, you know, pretty high right now, and he will command a lot of value, um, you know, whether it's going to be a a couple uh, early-round picks and, you know, some players. But you're going to be seeing a team possibly who can eat, you know, a good portion of that contract, if not all of it, and then have the option to to re-sign them. So um, I'm paying attention to this one, Jay. This is something that I'm interested in seeing where – uh, Patrick Line can end up. And then, of course, we watched the, uh, the Sharks and Wild decide that uh, they're going to make some trades. Um, as Sharks uh, trade two players to the Wild, let's break down both of those trades, um, how this helped uh, the Sharks, and and likewise, um, what the Wild received in this and how this is going to uh, improve their team. <laughs> well, if we look at um... – what Minnesota doing? Minnesota's in a full rebuild right now, as far as I'm concerned, Jay. Um, a lot of guys are getting up there. Miko Koivu's getting up there in age. Ryan Suter's getting up there in age. Parise's getting up there in age. Devin Dubnik is up in age, and he was shipped over to the uh, San Jose Sharks, just like you said. Uh, Devin Dubnik in a seventh-round pick in the uh, 2022 uh, draft was traded to the San Jose Sharks uh, by uh, from uh, Minnesota for a fifth-round pick. Dubnik had kind of a subpar year this year, uh, was 12-15-2 and two, uh, with a 3.35 goals against average and an 89% save percentage in 30 games, 28 of those which he had started. So um, missed time in November and December with his wife dealing with a medical issue um, and lost his job, not lost the number one job to Alex Daylock, uh, young and up-and-coming kid uh, from Minnesota. So um you know, Dubnik has been, you know, somewhat of a of a ble- was a blessing for Minnesota. They were kind of lacking some goaltending there for a while um, before he showed up. Uh, Dubnik was up in Edmonton for a while, if I do remember correctly. I do believe it was Edmonton for a while, um, and got a you know just kind of like a change of scenery and just kind of flourished uh, from Minnesota there for for a while, getting into the playoffs um, for a couple of times. On the other end. 
you know, for the Sharks, Martin Jones, who was who has been the uh, starting goaltender for the Sharks, you know, now has uh, another potential number one goalie uh, coming across, and uh, you know, and, and possibly filling in the spot. Martin Jones, who's taken to the who who took the Sharks to the Stanley Cup, helped take the Sharks to the Stanley Cup, I should say, uh, against the Penguins in their uh, in their first uh, uh, of their back to back a couple seasons ago. So. San Jose goaltending has always been an issue. Um, you know, that seems to be their Achilles heel when they get deep into the playoffs or the postseason uh, in, in times past. Um, you know, I, I, I do believe that, you know, they are a solid team. Um, they have some – they have a good core of young guys and everything. They have some contracts that they need to settle up. And uh, just the goaltending situation between Martin, uh, Martin Jones and Aaron Dell – um, you know, just didn't really work out for them the way they wanted to. So, um, you know, that, that kind of uh, kind of nips that in the butt a little bit, kind of shores up your, you know, your one-two um, goalie situation. And then also joining um, Devin Dubnik, Ryan Donato, who was traded to the Sharks by Minnesota also for a third-round pick in the 2021 draft. Um, this pick was acquired uh, by San Jose in a trade from Pittsburgh when they moved forward uh, Patrick Marlowe back in February. So um, Donato, 23 points, 14 goals, 9 assists in 62 games this year. Uh, no points in two seasons or, or two postseason games this season. So, um, And they were def- uh, the, the, the Wild were bounced out by the, uh, the Canucks in the uh, play-in tournament uh, before the actual playoffs um, started. And the 24-year-old had a two-year a $3.8 million average, uh, or a $3.8 million, $3.8 million contract, $1.9 annually uh, due to him, um, and is going to be a restricted free agent after next season. So um, this kind of shores up some bottom six scoring, um, you know, some good grinders. I do like Matt Donato, or Ryan Donato, excuse me, uh, a good young player. Nice little gritty player, too. Can show some offensive prowess. You know, like you see, he could put up some points and everything. Um, you know, I would expect him to continue to do the same thing. He's still a younger guy, too. Um, hasn't really – I wouldn't say uh, – I'd say he's closer to his his ceiling than what uh, Patrick Laine is for the Jets. So, um, you know, for Minnesota, this is them just trying to acquire some picks, maybe to possibly fix up that farm system uh, that they got – or lack of farm system, I should say, Jay, um, that they have up there. And, you know, for uh, for Minnesota, this is just them, you know, retooling, gearing up some cast space, building up, uh, uh, getting some draft picks. And for, for San Jose, this is just them trying to um, solidify the roster a little bit more on the goaltender side and on the uh, the bottom uh, the bottom six uh, forwards. So um, good move, I think, by the Sharks. It should pay off pretty well for them. Um, can't wait to see what, what happens for next season. And, like I said, for Minnesota, just uh, just in complete full rebuild right now. So, a lot of work to do up on that uh, on that team. It's it's going to be a couple seasons before we can uh, really consider them to be uh, a playoff contender, Jay. Now, also part of a rebuild progress or process is the draft, and now we have our order set for the first round. Um, of the NHL draft. Let's jump into that um, draft order. Let's, let's talk about the, uh, the the first handful of picks, um, and let, let's, let's talk about the significance of who, where, 
and what's available and what how this could help uh, benefit uh, many teams or, or at least certain teams in this uh, this year's draft. Well, we all know that the number one overall pick uh, was, in my opinion, was a little fouled up with the um, with the uh, with the teams that were bounced out of the play-in tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a shot at the number one overall pick. So the Rangers, New York Rangers, have that number one overall pick, and the uh, Los Angeles Kings are at the number two pick, and the Ottawa Senators um, from the San Jose Sharks have that number three pick. So draft's going to kick off tomorrow. Uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time on NBCSN. Um, rounds uh, two through seven are going to be on October 7th at 11:30 Eastern on the NHL Network, um, and that's what we're going to have going on. We have some kind of, we got some big names. Uh, we got a couple names that I'm going to be watching, uh, especially in uh, Laffer and Nay. Um, he seems to be the uh, consensus number one overall pick. Um, according to many uh, draft experts right now. So, uh, young Canadian kid, um, you know, he he's going to be one of those interesting kids to watch. I hope that the smoke hasn't really been built up too much about what he's done. Um, you know, the Oceanic captain is the number one overall uh, ranked uh, skater in North America. So, um he leads the uh, the Quebec Junior Major League with 77 assists and 112 points, and you know for the second straight season was awarded the Most Valuable Player for the Q uh, MJHL and Personality of the Year in the Canadian Hockey League Player of the Year. So, um, Lafreniere's CHL leading 2.15 points per uh, game is the best since Connor McDavid a couple seasons ago in the OHL in 2014-2015. So. Um, you know, it was kind of interesting because he was a two-sport kid, uh, was was a big, uh, big-time uh, baseball guy, uh, and also hockey too. So he kind of had a little. Uh, there's a little article and interview. I don't know. I see. I might have to find it so I can share it. But he he discusses kind of growing up and trying to d- decide whether um, whether he wanted to play baseball or hockey and everything. So um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see where he goes, but. As for the Rangers, having that number one overall pick, Jay, um, it's going to be crucial. I think, uh, you know, with with uh, Shesterkin and uh, Gorgiev uh, being your two young goaltenders, um, you have some pretty good uh, offensive power. I'd like to see them try to address uh, the defense, you know, uh, at some point in time here too. Um, defense is definitely going to be important, especially with your two younger goalies. So, um, do they go out in free agency and try and you know uh, bring in some defense? You know that's not a bad no, not a bad idea. Um, you know especially with the two young goaltenders, as I said, trying to come up. You want to have some veteran presence to keep them cool and calm and collected while uh, while they're in the net. Um, you know just to keep a level head and everything. So you know I don't know if the Rangers are going to go after Lafreniere. It's going to be an interesting. Uh, you know, it's going to be an interesting uh, set of arrangements tomorrow. Um, for the Los Angeles Kings, um, like they're in full rebuild mode uh, with uh, Luke Robitaille and, and company trying to turn that whole franchise around and everything. So, Kings, <clears throat> I would I would wholeheartedly expect them to go after 
um, a goal scorer. <clears throat> Excuse me. Allen's just killing me down here. I would expect them to go after a guy like Lafreniere uh, or a goal scorer of that sort um, to try and reinvigorate that offense a little bit. Andre Kopitar is getting up there in age. Um, Jeff Carter's getting up there in age. So you kind of want to, you know, after losing a guy like Tyler Toffoli um, earlier in the year in that trade to uh, to Vancouver, and you, you just got to kind of have to replenish the, the ranks essentially. So you want to get younger on the front end, and I think that's what the Kings are going to be uh, uh, looking to do. Going down to the number three pick, the Ottawa Senators. Uh, Ottawa actually has two of the top five picks um, in this year's draft and have been kind of, uh, you know, uh, hoarding a lot of picks. I do believe that they have a third one later on in the first round, if I'm not mistaken. Now, let me scroll down there. So, yeah, they do. They have the uh, the number 28 overall pick, too, So which came from the Islanders. So, um, you know, you got – Two top, two picks in the top five and three in the top thirty. Um, you know, you're you're going to be. I'm going to be looking for the uh, uh, for Ottawa to kind of be covering all aspects of their game, offense, defense, um, especially goaltending. Now, now that Craig Anderson is not going to be back, you know, what's the state of this team, especially with their front office woes that they've had. You know, gutting the team, getting rid of their captain and uh, some other players that were kind of. Uh, nuisances or locker room cancers have you, uh, if you might want to say. So um, Ottawa's got a lot of work to do to be another viable team. You know, longer the days of Jason Spezza, Daniel Alverson, and Patrick Leem and company, and way, uh, young Wade Redden. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to them. Uh, I'm actually looking at them and seeing, you know, all right, are they going to address their offensive woes? Are they going to address the defensive woes? Um, the goaltending, I think they might hold off on because the goaltending pool is a little bit deeper this year uh, in the free agent market than normal. So um, the big name be- being Brayton Holpe uh, for the goaltending, uh, the biggest name in, in free agency for goaltending. Um, I'm pretty sure that the uh, that the uh, Senators will have the cap space to sign him um, if they want to make a play at him. But um, retooling uh, the offense and the defense through the draft is something that the Ottawa Senators need to do. They need to be smart with these picks. It's not every day that you get two top five picks um, and three in the top 30, Jay. I mean, I, I, I can only remember a handful of times in, in major sports where you see um, teams kind of luck out like that. So, um Detroit comes in at number four. We all know that Stevie Y has been brought in as a general manager to uh, help the Red Wings get back. I think wholeheartedly that he is doing so, uh, that he will do so. Um, We've seen him uh, make some trades to kind of uh, acquire some draft picks, uh, and they have the number four overall picks. So um, goaltending with Jimmy Howard, don't think he's going to be back in Detroit. So, who knows what the way, what, what route they're going to go on that? Are they going to look in the draft? Are they going to look in free agency? I highly suspect that free agency for goaltending would be uh, probably the the best logical way to do. So that way you can focus on trying to get some uh, younger uh, talent on that offense uh, that is sorely needed. So looking forward to that. And then the number five overall pick, like I said, the Ottawa Senators. We're just going to be looking for them to. Start filling up that farm system, Jay. Um, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a while till I, I I really see something out of Ottawa that's gonna be uh, 
uh, be a wow factor and, and make them make me consider them uh, one of the top teams in the East. Lord have mercy, there's a lot going on in a short amount of time. Like I said, this is probably going to be one of the most exciting off seasons in any sport, um, not to mention the NHL, with uh, everything that's got to be accomplished in the less than a two-month period of time. Definitely looking forward to next Monday sitting down here recapping um, the, the draft um, and talk about some of the uh, the big moves, the big bust, um, the surprises, um, all those that we get, all those things we get when we, uh, we watch, watch a draft, blah, 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 blah. Um, but uh, – Izzo, as always, it's been a uh, it's been a privilege and honor having you on here. Glad to get caught up on everything. Um, I have a feeling it's going to be this hectic every week for a while now. So, uh, looking forward to next Monday night. Oh yeah, man, it's going to be uh, it's going to be hectic now that we're in my favorite holiday of the year. Uh, we, you know, hockey just ended, so we're getting let down gently, Jay. It's not like we're ending in summer and then you just go straight into hot weather and you're just all sad and mucky and sweaty. So I'm um, <laughs> going to be paying attention for the next couple of weeks. Like you said, it's going to be hectic. It's going to be crazy. And uh, I'm going to be there every step of the way to keep you guys up to date. So until next Monday, you guys stay safe, same bat time, same bat channel. Yes, sir. That uh, is our NHL expert. Uh, glad to have him on every Monday night, 8.30, to get us caught up on all the latest going on in the NHL. Uh, got to make sure that I thank Carolina Sports Plus and More to Music. Without these great marketing partners, we wouldn't be able to do what we do or grow the way, grow the way we grow. Like us on Facebook, the 110 Nation Sports. Follow us on Twitter, at 110 Nation, and check out the site, www.the110nationsports.com, for all the latest. Tomorrow night, take it back Tuesday. 8 o'clock on the 110 Nation Sports Radio Network. Till next time. Thanks for listening to the 110 Nation Sports Show with Mr. CJ Sports. You are a part of the 110 Nation, so be sure to visit the 110nation.com for everything related to the show. You can follow CJ on Twitter at 110nation and on Facebook at 110nation Sports. Until next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.